Hello and welcome to Stories for Wonderful Children. I'm Dan Wendelin, your host and storyteller. For many years, I improvised a new bedtime story for my children every night. For season five of Stories for Wonderful Children, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to skip forward to 2020, when many children, including my own, had to attend school online. And so, I told them a long three-month story about an online school. As my children were significantly older at this point, you may notice a shift in tone from the earlier stories that you've been listening to. This story has a little more high adventure, a little romance, and some rare mild fantasy violence. Children who are old enough to enjoy the Harry Potter stories or the Percy Jackson stories should feel right at home with this story of Myra and the online school. I hope you enjoy it this last season of Stories for Wonderful Children. Myra stood with the other incoming students. It was her very first day at the online school, and she was both excited and also just a little bit nervous. The very first thing you did when you arrived at the online school, before you unpacked, before you moved into your dorm, before you learned about meals, or got a campus tour, or got your books, the very first thing that happened was that you went to the center of campus and one at a time the campus administrator welcomed you and then you stood on the line and so Myra's with the other students she was sure that she knew what was going to happen next she came from a long line of fighters and she was sure that fighting was what she was going to learn at the online school. Her mother had been a fighter. Her father was a fighter. Her sister Kisa was a third-year student in the fighting school here. Her grandparents had been fighters, although they had gone to a different school. And so she was sure that the line that she stood on when she opened her eyes would be the red line with the other fighters. But even so, the uncertainty of it all, the fact that you didn't really get to choose, not exactly anyway. They said that the line chose for you, but Myra didn't really believe that. And anyway, this was just a part you had to get through. She watched the students in front of her as the, the line in front of her got shorter, the line behind her got longer. She watched one by one as the administrator came forward, introduced himself as James Broker, and shook the new student's hands. And then it was her standing at the front of the line, watching him walk toward her. He stuck out his hand, and when she shook it, he said, Welcome, and you are... My name's Myra, Myra said. She looked around. They were at one edge of the the circle that created the line. On the other side, she could see Kisa standing there behind the red part of the line with the other fighter students. James Broker gave her just a moment to take it all in and said, Well, come along, let's find out what you're going to study, Myra. 
and he led her forward until she was standing in the middle of that huge circle with the seven colors of the line arrayed around her, each with the students and professors from that school gathered together. James Broker held up a blindfold to her, and she put it on, and then he very gently spun her around several times, and then the other direction, and Myra at first tried to keep track of where she was going because she wanted to end up with the fighters, because that was where she belonged. And then James Broker stopped her, and the administrator whispered in her ear, don't worry, the line is never wrong. You'll end up where you're supposed to end up. Just relax and turn until you feel you're facing the right direction, and then walk forward. Myra stood there for a moment, still feeling just a touch dizzy, and then she slowly turned, thinking about where were the fighters? Where was Kisa? She tried to hear, maybe if she could hear Kisa's voice, but the students who were waiting for their new classmates stayed quiet. They respected this ceremony. And so Myra turned and turned until she felt that she was facing the right way. And then, not wanting to look hesitant, like some of those students that started to walk one direction and then another and looked tentative, she strode forward until she felt the outstretched hands of students before her who helped her take the last few steps, and then she stopped. She turned, she took off the blindfold and looked down at the purple line below her. She was stunned. Sneakers? She had never considered being a sneaker. Why would I want to be a sneaker, she thought. All they do is hide and snivel and sneak. I want to be a fighter. I want a shield and a sword, and I'm in the wrong place. But as all these thoughts were flying through her head and she was casting a desperate glance over at Kisa, who was looking back at her with surprise on her face, the sneaker professor was stepping towards her with his warm hand outstretched. She took it, and he said, Welcome. I'm Professor Tad, and I'm the sneaker professor. And you are? I'm, I'm Myra, Myra said, but I, I'm not sure I'm where I'm supposed to be. Oh, it's okay, said Professor Tad. A lot of new students feel that way. Let me introduce you to some of your classmates. This is Antoine, another sneaker student, already wearing his purple-piped sneaker robes, held out his hand and said, Hey, I'm Antoine. It's nice to meet you. My pleasure, said Myra. And then she turned to see the next student being led to the middle by the administrator. A couple other students had already gone, and so this student was someone who had not been near Myra in the line, but he caught her eye because he moved with that sort of silent glide that she had come to associate with sneakers. He was rather striking, actually, she thought, tall and slender with hair that was just the right amount of messy 
and he looked completely unconcerned, not at all worried. Myra wished that she could have a tenth of the confidence that he looked like he had. The administrator blindfolded him and then spun him around several times, and this boy did not waver or wobble or look dizzy at all, and without hesitation walked straight forward to the red part of the circle where Kisa helped him with his blindfold, and then he looked as if he'd been hit on the head with that pole axe. Stunned did not begin to cover it. He looked desperately in the direction of the sneakers, and Myra's heart twinged for a moment, thinking that she knew exactly how he must be feeling at the moment. They stayed for the rest of the ceremony, and then Professor Tad gave them a brief tour of how to find the sneaker building, and then pointed out the sneaker dorms. As Myra headed towards the dorm, she heard someone say, Hey! She looked up. It was the boy from the circle who had ended up with the fighters. He was wearing the the red-piped fighter robes. He said, Hey, uh, you're Myra, right? Yeah, said Myra. Yeah, I'm Corin, the boy said, sticking out his hand. I, uh, I met your sister already. She, um, she said you must be pretty surprised to be a sneaker. Oh, surprise doesn't even cover it, said Myra. I mean, you've met Kisa. She's a fighter, and our parents are both fighters. They studied at the online school, and my grandparents are fighters, and I just, a sneaker? I, I don't know anything about being a sneaker. And she said, looking at sort of the rueful smile on his face. I imagine you're feeling the same way about being a fighter, huh? Yeah, said Corin. It's the same thing for me. Parents were sneakers. I was sure the line would choose me to be a sneaker. I was thinking, you know, maybe we could help each other out. What do you mean, said Myra? Well, said Corin with a shrug, I still want to learn sneaker stuff, and you want to learn fighter stuff. Maybe when we get done with our classes every day, we can help each other learn things, you know, teach each other the things that maybe we should be learning if the line had gotten it right. I don't know, said Myra. I think we're going to be awfully busy. Well, think about it, said Corin. All right, said Myra. And so Corin headed off with a wave. Myra headed upstairs to the second floor of the dorm and down the hall until she found her room number. She opened the door and paused for a moment. A significant portion of the room seemed to be taken up by an enormous animate boulder. Hey, said the boulder, you must be Myra. I'm Tweety. I guess we're going to be roomies, huh? Yeah, said Myra. Um, yeah, said Tweety. I get that a lot. I'm a rockin'. Oh, yes, of course, said Myra. She had heard of Rockkin, of course, but she'd never actually seen one, and the thought that she might room with one never crossed her mind. She said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to stare or anything, I just, I've never met a Rockkin before, and I was just a little surprised. Well, said Tweety, now you have. So come on in, we can help each other unpack. And so Myra did. 
She headed into her room and closed the door behind her, dragging her suitcases. She and Tweety ended up getting to know each other a bit as they unpacked and figured out who was going to have which desk, and figuring out who was going to have which bed was pretty easy because Tweety was 100% sure that if Tweety had the top bunk, Tweety would uh, break the top bunk. And so Tweety slept on the floor in a kind of box of sand instead of a bed, which Tweety assured Myra was entirely comfortable. Myra had her doubts, of course. But once they'd settled in and gotten to know each other a bit, they, uh, Myra decided that this, this might not be too bad. It was unexpected, but her roommate seemed nice enough, and, and she was going to give it a shot. I mean, after all, the line had chosen fighting for her parents and for Kisa, and they seemed all pretty happy. Maybe sneaking wouldn't be too bad, and if it was, well, she always had that deal with corn. And so she and Tweety headed out to find the cafeteria for the first time. And that's where we're going to end for tonight. Thanks for listening to Stories for Wonderful Children. I created today's show, but questions and running commentary were supplied by my children. The theme music was created by Brandon Thompson, and our wonderful logo was designed by Silas Swindelin. If you know someone who might enjoy the show, please tell them about it. Do you want more stories? You can now subscribe to the show and help pick a new story for me to tell every month. The show's website is storiesforwonderfulchildren.com. Until next time, I'm Dan Wendelin, reminding you to tell someone you love a story.